Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scorse and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great. In June, we had the end of another Supreme Court term. And as expected, the five right-wing ideologues on the court who are trying to do everything they can to enshrine minority rule, anti-majoritarian law, and to help continue white supremacy in this country, including Clarence Thomas. So even a black man can support white supremacy when that black man is as distorted and disturbed as Justice Thomas is. And there were some pretty big decisions at the end there that were very disturbing for democracy. And this episode, I'm going to go through systematically how the Roberts Court is undermining democracy and trying to enshrine minority rule and really turning America into a banana republic before our very eyes. And of course, banana republic has a long history and has many kind of derogatory inclinations there, but I'm using the term to basically show how the highest court in the land with an assist from the GOP, is really purposefully, intentionally undermining democracy to enshrine, again, a kind of white Christian patriarchy that would not win under true democratic rule, right? So remember, George Bush II lost the popular vote. Trump lost the popular vote by over 3 million votes. In a real democracy, we would have never had President Bush II, and hence, almost assuredly, never had the Iraq War. Uh, We would definitely not have a President Trump and this racist monster uh, leading the nation. And so the Roberts Court knows this. The Roberts Court knows that true democracy means an end to white supremacy, an end to Republican rule. And so Roberts and his cronies are doing everything they can to use the power of the courts to enshrine uh, this minority rule on the country. And they get an assist from the Constitution, because this is very important to remember that the Constitution was a document enshrining uh, slavery. It enshrined white men rule, right? Women did not have the right to vote. In the Constitution. And so the more we can hearken back to the origins of the Constitution, the more we can enshrine uh, really undemocratic anti-majoritarian rule. And so the the thing to keep in mind here is that this is a, a concerted project. It's the Federalist Society, it's the the Republican donor class. They don't want true democracy. They want a plutocratic minority rule. And they will do everything in their power to do that. And they have been quite successful at that. And so 
I'll start here with the Citizens United ruling, which is the 2010 ruling, which basically said that money is speech. And because free speech is enshrined in the Constitution, we cannot restrict money in politics. So think about that, right? It's this really distorted, kind of almost absurd, twisted pretzel logic, right? Which is because speech is protected in the Constitution, if we can link money to speech, then we can say you can't restrict money in politics. So this is a long chain of convoluted, distorted reasoning that, again, a five to four majority led by Chief Justice Roberts in 2010 basically took away almost all of the restrictions on money in politics. Now, of course, Republicans in the right wing aren't the only one that you know inject money in politics, but liberals and Democrats want to restrict this money in politics. They know that unlimited money in politics will not uh, lead to more free speech, but it actually privileges the speech of those with money, right? This is anything that a a six-year-old could understand. If you posed it to them, say, hey, if we have unlimited money in politics, who gets the most power? Hmm, those with the most money. And since Citizens United, we have seen an explosion of not only just money in politics, but dark money in politics, money that's unaccountable, money that is hidden from public view. And we've had, you know, successive elections with, you know, at the national level with, you know, more than a billion dollars going to all kinds of ads and uh, TV and social media, etc. And that was the point, right? When Roberts uh, did this decision, he knew that the system would get flooded with money. He knew that it would get flooded with dark money. And he didn't care because he knows that this will lead to not more information and more light and more you know, good reasoning, but just kind of overwhelm the system with chaos and misinformation and lies, which is how the right wing rises to power. Right? The right wing cannot be empowered with truth and facts and true majoritarian rule. So the Citizens United ruling was the first in this trifecta of rulings that Roberts has done in the last decade that is really undermining democracy and turning America into a, a banana republic. After the break, I'm going to talk about the Shelby County versus Holder ruling in which Roberts eviscerated the Voting Rights Act, which I think might be the worst of the the three rulings that I'm going to discuss, although the recent gerrymandering case uh, certainly makes a bid for, for the worst case. But anyway, after the break, we'll talk about the Voting Rights Act. Look at them yo-yos, that's the way you do it. You play the guitar on MTV, that ain't working. Refrigerator. 
Okay, so just a little refresher on the Voting Rights Act here, right? So the Voting Rights Act was passed in order to prevent states from using discriminatory policies to suppress black and brown votes, right? For about a century from after Reconstruction in the 1870s to the 1970s, much of the South, and by the way, the South under Democratic Party rule, so before the Democrats voted for the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act in the 1960s, they were the party of white supremacy. If I was alive you know, in the 1950s, I would have been a Republican because as much as I loved FDR and you know the New Deal and all that, the Democratic Party was a white supremacist, racist party. And for that hundred years after the civil, you know, civil war until the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act was passed, it was basically an apartheid terrorist state in the South in which white people dominated black and brown people and really prevented them from exercising their franchise. The history is long and sordid, and it was full of all kinds of laws from poll taxes to voter registration laws to literacy tests to you name it to keep black and brown people from exercising their full rights. And so, you know, democracy in America was really a fiction and a myth up until very recently. And once black and brown people started to vote and voted for Democrats who passed these uh, enfranchising laws, uh, you know, now, of course, the Republican Party, which is really a party of, of, of white people and white Christians, even more specifically, uh, doesn't want those people to vote. And the Voting Rights Act was put in place to, to, to make it so that the, the states with a long history of racist voting laws, and so they identified particular states almost exclusively in the South, before they did restrictions on voting, they had to go through a pre-clearance with the, the Department of Justice. And what this did was create a, a stopgap measure and a check on this racist voting legislation in these particularly Southern states. Now, John Roberts, even as early as the 1980s, when he was working for the Reagan administration, hated the Voting Rights Act. He had it in its sights to dilute its power uh, for decades before he joined the Supreme Court. The only reason to hate the Voting Rights Act is because you want to enshrine white supremacy in this country. The Voting Rights Act is there to protect the votes of black and brown people, to prevent racist Southern legislators from in concocting new and devious schemes to disenfranchise black and brown people. So John Roberts, even if he might have a convoluted legal theory for why he thinks the Voting Rights Act is bad, is essentially taking the side of white supremacy. It really is as simple as that. And in the Shelby Counter Holder case, he put his true colors on the table. And with the help of the other four uh, right-wing justices, eviscerated the Voting Rights Act by removing this pre-clearance um, requirement for those southern states. Now, why is this important? And, for, and what was the logic he used? 
what John Roberts basically said, and it's amazing if you read his opinion, was that racism is pretty much a thing of the past. We, you know, we've had the Voting Rights Act and it's outlived its usefulness because, you know, we don't really have uh, racist states anymore. States are diverse and we don't need this extra level of protection, which is an intrusion of the federal government on states' rights. Ruth Bader Ginsburg famously said that John Roberts' logic was akin to, I have had an umbrella all this time and I don't get wet anymore, therefore I don't need an umbrella. Right? Think about, And that really was the logic. And as proof of how her logic was correct and his logic was wrong, within 24 hours after his ruling eviscerating the Voting Rights Act and removing these protections, all exclusively Republican states came out with a slew of dozens of voting rights suppression legislation and voting rights restrictions. So literally, after he makes the argument that racism is no more, we don't need this extra you know, precaution to prevent states from uh, in, in, you know, in, enacting racist voter laws, all of these Republican states that he had said were no longer racist came out with incredibly racist voter suppression laws to on the books within 24 hours. They were literally waiting on pins and needles for this decision to then enact a bunch of racist laws to suppress black and brown votes. So I I think, you know, this Shelby County versus Holder decision has a special place in American history for just hubris just irrationality and just straight out arrogance and it's just it's just really one of the worst rules in american uh, history and if you couple that with the citizens united ruling where we have unlimited dark money in politics and now you have a removal of the checks and balances against the racist gop legislatures who want to suppress black votes you start to really see the beginning of an enshrined legal doctrine for white supremacy in the 21st century. After the break, we'll talk about the most recent cases against gerrymandering and a little on the the census that have really made the full trifecta of minority rule and white supremacy with John Roberts at the helm. Okay, so let's fast forward to 2019, June, and we get the final decisions of this Supreme Court term. And one of the big ones that was really long awaited was a a case that examined two extreme forms of gerrymandering, one under Democratic rule in Maryland and one with 
uh, Republican rule in North Carolina. Both of these cases are just extreme examples of anti-majoritarian, really just, again, banana republic uh, type of systems that don't exist in other democratic nations in, in the advanced world. So this is very important to note because in America, we often lose sight of how out of the norm, out of the mainstream amongst our brethren and sistren in the in a democratic world, our system is. If you go to England, you go to France, you go to Germany, you go to Canada, you go to New Zealand, you go to South Korea, you go to Japan, they do not have systems where the legislatures, the elected people can rig the elections that they choose their own voters. That is a uniquely American phenomenon. And there was some hope because Justice Kennedy had hinted that even though he didn't really feel comfortable uh, you know, with a federal role in anti-gerrymandering because it could get you know, the, the courts into the political realm, he thought if you could come up with some system that was neutral enough that could create kind of independent uh, view of the, 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 the gerrymandering issue, maybe the court would come down on that. Now, of course, he left and Justice Kavanaugh took his place. So unfortunately, he was not there to, to rule on this. And the issue at stake here is really the fundamental notion of democracy, right? Which is that if the, 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 the elected politicians can choose their voters and rig the system, and, and just to be clear here, there are some really egregious cases in the last few years, right? I think it's Wisconsin with a legislature that's you know predominantly Republican has gotten received less than 50% of the vote. So Democrats have been winning you know 55% of the vote in Wisconsin, but getting 30% of the, the state legislature. And then, uh, of course, once you, you, you get a system like that baked in, the electorate gets very despondent and very despairing, right? What's the point of voting if the people I vote for and, and, and win the majorities of the votes don't get the power? So the, the Supreme Court had an opportunity to, to weigh in on this. And there was hopes that they would choose democracy over banana republic and, uh, and finally say that enough is enough. And, and, and it's important to note that Democrats do this too. Obviously, like all things in America in, in terms of political uh, corruption, uh, Democrats aren't perfect. But let's be clear, this is mostly a Republican phenomenon. The worst gerrymandering in this country is done by Republicans by and large, and they are doing it orders of magnitude more than Democrats are. Because again, when your coalition is white Christians, which is shrinking, you need to just twist the rules and bend the democratic norms to stay in power, whereas the Democrats don't need to do that. We represent the, the growing segments of the population. We're here for everybody of all religions and stripes and, and, and uh, you know, ethnic racial makeup, and so we don't have that problem. So what did Justice Roberts do in his majority opinion? He basically said, yeah, gerrymandering isn't great, but there's no federal role. We don't get into politics. And sorry, you down at the state level, you're going to have to figure this out. What is so particularly frustrating about this ruling is he's asking people 
who the system has been rigged against them. So you're in Wisconsin, and the Republican legislature has rigged the system so that even when Democrats get the majority of votes, they get a minority of, uh, you know, of state representatives. He's saying now you all who have been rigged and put into the minority, it's up to you to figure it out, right? And that's just an absurd statement. It's a statement coming from a smug arrogance saying, you know what? Sorry, you know, it's been pretty good for my team, right? My conservative team is rigging the elections in most places. Yeah, Democrats do it in a couple places, but I'm kind of okay with this because it it's good for my team and I'm just going to abrogate my responsibility as a federal judge and say, yeah, it's a banana republic, but it works for us. Go deal with it. Take care. We're, you know, we're washing our hands of this. It's, it's a really egregious decision, which if you put it together with Citizens United, with the Voting Rights Act, Holder decision, basically Roberts has said, this banana republic that we're creating actually helps my team. It helps the team that's shrinking, that's in the minority, hold on to its power, and I'm okay with that. To add insult to injury, he added another ruling, which ironically, he was joined the liberals and said that the census question that the Trump administration is trying to get on the uh, on the I'm mean, sorry, the citizenship question that he's trying to get on the census to suppress Latino uh, uh, participation and therefore to dilute the power of, of Democrats in the next uh, kind of appropriations after 2020. He sided with the the liberals and said, you guys lied so much about your real intention in this census question that I'm going to side with the liberals. But the point being here, which many have not noted, he said, you basically just have to lie better. Roberts, he didn't come out with a strong opinion saying, you know, you have to come up with real legitimate reasons. um, And if we can show that those are illegitimate that that's never going to um, be sufficient to, for, for policy. He basically said, just lie better. You know, come up with a better excuse uh, for wanting to put the citizenship question in there, even if we all know your real reason is to suppress Latino participation. And so while some people saw this as a victory for the liberals and for, um, for you know, for, for justice and, and truth, I don't really see it this way. This was Roberts doing the absolute bare minimum to show that he's not throwing in the towel full on into kind of, you know, Hungary or Venezuela style politics. And he wants a little fig leaf, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, Republicans. We know you're racists and you're trying to suppress brown people's votes. Just try a little harder to fake it and to put a little lipstick on that pig and then I'm all on board and I'm all on I'm all with you and we'll give you the green light. So this is pretty dispiriting stuff. This is stuff that really shows how democracies die, right? When the the unelected members of the court who have lifetime appointments really just systematically undermine majoritarian rule, this is really not a democracy anymore. And with the Electoral College and the Senate, it's really uh, high time we, we, we ask ourselves, are, are we a democracy? And, and if not, what are we going to do about it? 
So that's what the antidote will be about after the break. Who's to know if your soul will fade at all? The one you sold to fool the world. You lost your self-esteem along the way. Okay, so the antidote for today is for everyone on the left and in the Democratic Party to realize and to internalize how incredibly important the Supreme Court and the courts are in general. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. If there was one reason above all else to vote for Hillary Clinton and to work for her to get elected in 2016, it was because of that Supreme Court vacancy. They stole the pick from Obama. Mitch McConnell will go down in history as one of the great villains and enemies of democracy, stealing Obama's pick. But I'm going to say it straight out. Obama, Hillary, the left did not take it seriously enough. It should have been said loud at the front of every speech that Hillary gave, that Obama gave, that everybody on the left said is that the right wing is trying to steal our Supreme Court pick. We have a chance, a once in a generation or multi-generation opportunity to get a liberal Supreme Court to overturn Citizens United, to re-strengthen the Voting Rights Act, and to stand for true democracy in America. And we blew it. We blew it big time. And I am 50 years old now, and I have never seen a liberal Supreme Court. I've never breathed the breath of air as an American citizen with a liberal Supreme Court. And I might not. That's how serious this is. That pick going to, uh, you know, the, the Scalia pick going to Trump and then Kennedy retiring and giving the next one. So it is going to be a long, long slog and a long haul to get a liberal Supreme Court uh, in the future. It's not impossible, and we, you know, things happen, and there we can also, as Pete Buttigieg had pointed out, we can add members to the Supreme Court, which, to be honest, I think we should, because the two picks Trump have gotten are illegitimate. One was straight out stolen, and one because Trump lost the popular vote by 3 million votes, and he was you know, basically benefited from foreign interference. And I think it is entirely reasonable to say that that second pick of his is illegitimate and we're going to add two to, to, to compensate for that. But even if we don't, even if we have to wait another 10, 20, 30 years to get another shot at a, uh, a liberal Supreme Court, I want all of my listeners to understand how crucial this would be. Imagine for a moment if Hillary had won and she had been able to, you know, to put in uh, that Scalia's seat. This gerrymandering case would have gone the other way. We would have had the Supreme Court saying gerrymandering is unconstitutional, and we need across all 50 states, you know, nonpartisan 
uh, formulas for districting. That would have been a huge win for democracy, a huge, huge win for majoritarian rule. I am convinced that if Hillary had, you know, um, nominated that fifth, uh, you know, that fifth justice for the liberal bloc, we would be revisiting the Holder case and strengthening the Voting Rights Act. We absolutely would be overturning the Citizens United uh, ruling. And so we would be seeing victory after victory for basic democratic institutions, and we would be rebuilding our democracy. Unfortunately, that is now put on hold at the federal level, and we have to fight this out at the state level, which is much harder and much more time-consuming, and again, which has been rigged against us by the, the GOP and its war on democracy. So the, the point being here is, again, this is the long game. Vote for Democrats at every election from here for the rest of your life, right? So that we can rebuild the courts, rebuild democracy. And because, again, the majorities in America are sane. The majorities in America are progressive and liberal. George Bush, too, lost the popular vote. Trump lost the popular vote by millions. And I'm sure next year we'll vote it, uh, lose it again by millions. So what liberals and Democrats and those of us on the left should be fighting for is true democracy. We win with true democracy. The right must suppress votes, must fight for minority rule because its coalition is shrinking. And it knows this. And it has a big ally, unfortunately, in Justice Roberts and now uh, with Gorsuch and Kavanaugh under Trump. And of course, um, you know, Alito and Thomas are, are way, way in the anti-majoritarian minority rule camp of the conservative movement. So it's, it's depressing, it's tough, but that's the world we're in because we have, we have uh, let this happen to our country. And uh, it's not over yet. We got a lot of fight left and we got another chance next year to start riding the ship uh, with the 2020 elections. So with that, everybody, I hope you're enjoying this podcast and sharing it with your family, friends, and colleagues. Please subscribe if you have not already on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. And with that, have a great rest of the week. Take care.